Hey, uh, welcome. So glad that you guys are here. My name is Jason Lowen, the strategy pastor here, and, and I hope that you guys have had an awesome... You guys had a good week? Yeah. All right. So glad you guys are here, spending an hour of your weekend here with us. I mean, it's exciting. There's finally snow in Michigan. Yeah. Hey, um, well, as we're diving in this morning, I want us to first... Uh, let, let's, let's ask this question. What is the Bible? What is the Bible? Uh, well, the Bible is basically uh, broken up into two parts. There's 66 books. Uh, the first half of the Bible is the Old Testament. It was written over the course of about 1,000 years, from about 1450 B.C. all the way to about 400 B.C. And then the second half of the Bible, the, the last 27 books, uh, were, were written over the course of about 50 years, between 45 and 95 A.D. There, there's actually over 40 authors uh, that, that penned the pages of the Bible, from, from shepherds to fishermen, to farmers, to tent makers, philosophers, physicians, and kings. Uh, the Bible was, in its original language, was written in three different languages. Uh, the Old Testament was primarily written in Hebrew. Uh, the New Testament was primarily written in Greek. And then there's portions that are in Aramaic. Uh, now, now, in that video, uh, the guy mentioned the, the canon of Scripture, um, and no, it's not referring to that device that blasts uh, clowns at uh, circuses. That's not the canon of Scripture. Um, the canon of Scripture, uh, canon comes from a Greek word, which simply means like the, the standard of measurement uh, to, to be able to determine like what, what is a part of that Thing. And so, so the canon of Scripture uh, is the, the standard or the, the measuring rod by which we determine which books are the part of the authoritative, inspired Word of God, what, what should be in the Bible. And so the very first time that there was ever a complete list of the canon of Scripture actually comes from 375 AD. It's the first time that the canon of Scripture was ever fully recorded. Um, and and these, these are all interesting facts, but, but the the, the most incredible thing about the Bible is that the Bible is, is a uniform and beautiful account of the history of mankind and, and, and of the people of Israel. Uh, but, but most importantly, everything, every single part of the entirety of Scripture points towards Jesus. It points towards the, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh who came to earth to rescue us from all that we had messed up of our lives. Uh, our Father in heaven, he, he loves you and he loves me so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to, to be born, to live as a man, a hundred percent human, but but also a hundred percent God, to to die in our place for our sins, but then to not stay dead, to, to rise from the dead after three days, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the grave, all so that you and I could experience life in the way that our Father in heaven intended for us to experience it. That, 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 that means an abundant life, a, a life that is free from the slavery of sin. And, and this is kind of a, a, a word that means if we were to, on our own, pursue life without any guidance and direction from God, we would naturally sin. We would naturally drift towards uh, destruction and chaos. But, but, so he, he came to give us this abundant life, but, but Jesus also died and rose again so that, that when we trust in him, we could have, get this, get this, 100% confidence. 
that when we die, we will spend eternity with our Father in heaven. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, it's good news. Our, our loving Father, He cared so much about you and me. He cared so much that we would know and understand and experience His lavish love for us that, that He went to incredible lengths to ensure that the pages, the words within this, these books, these 66 books, for, from the stories in the Old Testament to the wisdom that's found throughout it, the life and the ministry of Jesus, all the stories in the accounts of how the early church got started, he made sure that every single word was exactly the way it needed to be so that you and I would know that he loves us. But, but this book, it's, it's not just ink on paper. It's, it's way better than that. This book is, is inspired. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, uh, inspired, moved men, encouraged men, uh, helped to show men what they should write, how they should write it, used their personalities and their experiences to, to put these words on paper all so that we would understand that our Father in heaven is pursuing you and me. Also that, that we would know his incredible love. So that over the the last 4,000 or more years, we would have evidence, we would see that he wants you and he wants me to be in this relationship with him. Also that we would know and understand his incredible love for us because when we do, it will make your life better and make you better at life. And so in this series that we're, as Melissa said, we're in week three of the series, What's Next? Uh, we, we've been talking in this series about the reality that if, if left to our own devices, if, if we don't have a plan, uh, th then we will naturally drift away from what is best for us. And, and we see this in the way that we eat and, well, okay, just in full disclosure, as, as I was writing this and preparing for this message... I, I was polishing off a Sam's Club cinnamon roll, and it was pretty stinking good. But then I was like, dang it, evidence that if left to our own devices, we will naturally drift towards what is not best for us, cinnamon roll. Um, but, but we see it in the way we eat, we see it in the way we exercise, we see it in our marriages, we see it in our parenting, we see it at work, we see it in all areas of our life. But, but, but when we are intentional, when we have a plan, when we know what our next step is, then we can make significant progress in any of these areas of life. Uh, and, and in this series, uh, and, and what we, what I believe, and what we as leadership at Grandma believe, is that, that all throughout the human experience, that, that we, we've come to understand that we're spiritual beings. Right? And, and it, we see this through the incredible curiosity of, of, of mankind over, over the years. As men and women have gone to great lengths to answer questions like, what's after this life? And, and what am I here for? What's the meaning and the purpose of life? Is there a higher power? And, and it's our prayer, our hope, that through the course of this series, 
that, that we will begin to understand what our next step is in our spiritual journey. And, and, and you may not realize this, but every week as you uh, walk down the halls, or again, maybe this was your first week and maybe you saw them, maybe you didn't, but we have seven banners as you walk in. Uh, and these are what we call our Grumlaw Seven. Uh, and these are found all throughout the pages of Scripture. These, these are the, the seven things that, as a, as a leadership uh, grumla, we, we've recognized that these are uh, the, the seven steps that every single one of us should be taking in our spiritual journey. And, and we believe, we're convinced that we will experience life in the way that our Heavenly Father intended when we are consistently living out each of these seven steps. So for 2020, for this, this new year that we've just kicked off, this, this new decade, what's your next step? What, what, what is it? What's your next step in your relationship with God? And I believe, we believe that it's somewhere along these Grumlaw seven. And so two weeks ago, Shay kicked off this series, uh, talked about connect groups. Uh, that was two weeks ago. I would encourage you guys, if you have not yet signed up and uh, to be a part of a connect group, uh, to, to go and do that. You can even do that right now. I give you permission. You have my permission to get your phone out, go to grumlaw.com groups, find an open group and sign up. There's only two groups that still have openings and only a few spots in each of those groups because honestly, most of us in this room are already in a group because that's where life transformation will happen in rows, not in rows, but in circles, in living rooms all around Genesee County as we're dialoguing and talking about how to implement these things in our lives. Uh, so you go to grumlaw.com messages. You can listen to that message that Shay preached two weeks ago about groups, or you can go to last week's message where Shay talked about baptism. Baptism is simply the public declaration of your faith in Jesus. And if you have not yet told your story and been baptized, please do that. You have no idea how your story will inspire the stories of others. So go to grumlaw.com slash messages to get caught up, or you can go to Grumlaw Church anywhere you guys grab your podcast. Uh, you, you guys have probably uh, been faced with this question, uh, maybe not personally to receive it, but you've at least heard this. Um, if you were offered the choice between either a million dollars today or a penny a day doubled for 30 days, what would you choose? Uh, and, and just not to make an assumption, uh, I'm curious. How many of you guys would choose a million dollars today? Would anyone in? Oh, we got a couple people, a couple people. Okay, you've not, maybe not heard this before. Um, if you chose a million dollars today versus a penny a day doubled for 30 days, you would be leaving $9.7 million on the table. That would have been a very foolish decision. But if, if you made the wise choice, you chose the penny a day doubled for 30 days, um, I, I think that maybe there's some of us especially in Michigan winter, that might have gotten, might be getting a little frustrated. I mean, like, it's like four miles to the bank one way. So like four miles there, four miles back. It's winter, there's ice, it's snowing. I have to go there. And if I miss a day, I lose it. Like, oh, I go there, one penny, and then I go the next day, two pennies, and then four pennies, and then eight pennies. And oh, after two weeks, I, th I think I might give up. I think some of us would probably get frustrated and give up. And if we did, if after two weeks, you would have collect, collected a whopping $163.83. And it would have left an enormous amount of money on the table. Because on day 30, 
After a penny a day, double for 30 days. On day 30, you would receive $5,368,709.12, bringing your grand total for the month to $10,737,418.23. Man, if, if this choice were ever actually to be presented to us, I mean, this would be one of those choices that has the potential to, to change our lives, right? One of those life-altering, life-changing decisions. And, and I, know, I know what some of you are thinking, like, well, money doesn't solve all your problems. No, but it makes things easier, doesn't it? Right? Um, what I want to talk about this morning, though, is a decision that you have an opportunity to make this morning that has an even greater impact on your life, an even greater impact than $10.7 million. So this morning, let's take a look at what Jesus tells us about this life-changing decision from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. It says this, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching, and follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When is when, when, it's coming. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Uh, Will you allow me to pray for me, pray for us, that we might learn what our Father has for us this morning? Father, I, I thank you that in the pages of the Bible, that you have provided for us the guidance, the wisdom that we need for life and godliness. Jesus, I pray that this morning you would, you would use me, use your servant, uh, God, to communicate clearly, God, that, that today, each and every one of us, that we would understand what our next step is in our relationship with you. pray all this in your name. Amen. So, I mean, Jesus, he, he cuts right to the heart of what it means to follow him, of what it means to have a relationship with him. Uh, I mean, it's evident in this passage, that that he cares deeply that we would hear from him and then do what he says. Hear from him and then do what he says. And and, and the reality is, is we're asking this question, what's my next step? Uh, Here's what I, one of the things I pick up from this passage, it's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be complicated. He's made it fairly simple. He's going to let you know what your next step is in your relationship with him. He may not tell you like the end goal or the, you might not be able to see like the full vision of what that path is, but you'll at least know what's my next step. And and those are the questions that we need to ask, right? How How will we know what our next step is? which then according to this verse means that we need to ask the question, how do we hear his voice? Because if we can understand his voice, we can know what our next step is and we can do what he says, right? So the first, first, what is it not? What is it not? It's not coming to church. If you're relying on your time here on Sunday morning to discover what your next step is in your relationship with Jesus, if you're expecting to know the deep, 
powerful, intimate love of your Father in heaven simply because you're here on Sunday morning, simply because you came to church, you will always, always be extremely disappointed. And if that's been your attitude, I I think that Jesus was talking directly to you when, when he said this, when he said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Now, now, now don't get me wrong. Uh, coming to church, it is so super important. But coming to church is not a relationship with Jesus. It, okay, that, that would be like me living in the basement of my house, sleeping down there, living down there, my wife uh, upstairs in the master bedroom, live, and we just basically live completely separate lives, except for maybe like once a week or once a month, maybe like at Christmas and Easter, like we go for dinner, we go on a date, we go out for dinner. Well, tell you what, that'd be all I'd be getting that night, right? Guys, uh, that, that's not a relationship, That's not a marriage that anybody would be proud of. And yet so many people who call themselves Jesus followers, we treat our heavenly father just like this. And then we wonder why when bad stuff happens, when, when stuff hits the fan, we wonder why God feels so distant. When the floodwaters come and they will come. Maybe they're here this morning. When floodwaters come, when stuff happens. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, a couple years ago, we had those two hurricanes, multiple hurricanes that all came. Hur- Hurricane Harvey that came and absolutely ravaged the city of Houston and the surrounding cities. Uh, I mean, it, it destroyed so much stuff in that city and the surrounding suburbs because Houston wasn't ready. It wasn't prepared. And, and that's why there's still a recovery effort going on. That's why there's still homes that are literally sitting there and rotting from the inside out because the city wasn't prepared for the hurricane force winds and rain. And, and I think that's what Jesus was talking about. He, he compared the impact of, of those storms on homes that didn't have a foundation. And he said, that, that's what's gonna happen to your life. But then it was like within a month that Hurricane Irma, right, came, came storming up and was on a war path for Florida. And we have a family member, our Aunt Glow, and she, she lives in Vero Beach, which, which is the city that, that, that Hurricane Irma was gonna touch down there and then like go right up Florida. And we're like, Aunt Glow, get out. You've been warned, you have time, drive your car, get on a plane, do whatever you gotta do, get out of Florida. And she was like, Hurricane, Hurricane Irma? That's Tuesday. Like, it's Florida, it's a hurricane. I'll be fine. And we're like, no, get out. A, a, a couple months later, as our emotions settled down, um, having a conversation with her, trying to like understand, like, why didn't you leave? Everyone told you to leave. Why didn't you go? She's like, listen, listen, I live in Florida in a home that has a foundation built to stand against hurricane force uh, winds and rain. I have shutters that were bolted onto the side of my house to prevent stuff from getting destroyed. But even if stuff does get destroyed, it will be okay because, because I have a house that was built to last. 
That's how I want to respond. When the, when the storms of life come raging into my life, I, I want to feel prepared and to not have these storms totally derail everything. That, that even in the worst of storms, like to know that I have this deep foundation, to, that, that I know I can trust that this foundation is going to hold regardless of the storm. So how? How can you have that kind of a sure confidence? How can our lives be built upon a foundation like that? Well, I'm very grateful that Jesus made this so super simple. Here's the answer to that question. Hear the voice of Jesus and do what he says. Seems pretty simple enough, right? I mean, he made it abundantly clear, simple, easy to understand. Hear the voice of Jesus, do what he says. I mean, you should probably do a little mic drop and walk off the stage and everyone go home right now. I mean, it's that easy. But okay, but, but if, if as I'm saying that, you're thinking, well, hold on a second, hold on a second. How do you hear the voice of Jesus? If that's the question rattled around your brain at this moment, you're asking the right question. Got an answer for you. Consistently, Consistent daily encounters with your heavenly father through his word, the Bible, and prayer, it will change you and make you better at life. You're going to respond better to adversity. You're going to respond with less anger, and you will respond with a calm confidence in the storm. Consistent daily encounters with your heavenly father, that's what builds the relationship. Unfortunately, I, I've known and had conversations with way too many people who, who have walked away from church, who have walked away from God altogether, because when the storm came, when, when their kid was diagnosed with cancer, when they unexpectedly lost their job, when, when their parents suddenly died, everything collapsed. Their life fell apart. And many of these people that, that I've had a relationship with, that I've known, uh, many of these people will call themselves Jesus followers. They, 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 they were fairly consistently coming to church. Many would even say that they were spending time with God on a fairly consistent basis. You know, and then, then life happened. Schedules changed. Had to pick up an extra shift. Kids started a new sport. I mean, life happened. And just like that, their relationship with their heavenly father was put on the back burner, was neglected altogether. Guys, a, a consistent daily encounter with God, it, it, it kind of feels like getting a penny a day. Like, like it hardly seems like it really makes a difference. And, and I think that's why so many people uh, give up after just like two weeks. But, but how, how could you possibly know the voice of God after only two weeks? I mean, I mean, you, you're leaving so much on the table, so much more than just $10 million. If after two weeks, you, you would have no idea how to recognize the voice of God because you don't hardly know him. How could you possibly know his voice? How could you possibly know what he wants if after two weeks, you've only just barely gotten to know him? And the sad thing is, is after two weeks, breakthrough is right around the corner because because our relationship with our Heavenly Father, it's a lot like getting a penny a day doubled 
every single day, where each day builds on the previous one. And the more that we fall in love with him, the closer we feel, the better we're gonna be able to recognize his voice. If on day 14, we get $163, and on day 30, we get $5.3 million, totaling over $10.7 million, imagine what your life would look like if every single day for the next year, You spent consistent time with your Father in heaven. The exponential impact of that singular choice would be beyond imagination. Because because a daily encounter with Jesus, it will make your life better and make you better at life. not, Not because it eliminates the storm, But because when the storm comes, your life will be built upon a strong foundation and you will have a confident certainty of how to respond. Okay, so what does a daily encounter with Jesus look like? I'm gonna share with you what it looks like for me, but I'd also like to invite my beautiful bride up here and and ask her to share. Yeah, I'm excited to have you up here, dear. Oh, good. Better <laughs> uh, you know, because there, there's no right one way for us to have a daily encounter with Jesus. The, the important thing is, is that, that as a Jesus follower, we have our lives built upon a foundation that will last. So, Laura, what does your daily encounter look like? Yeah, um, right now it looks like starting off with um, doing some prayer journaling. So I just get out a notebook and I just talk to God um, through the written word, and I really like to start with just like thanking him for who he is and what he's done, and then um, I move into like asking him for things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So for me, um, I I got these two. This one, as I mentioned earlier, this is my Bible. It's actually a journaling Bible, so right now I'm going through the book of Galatians, and so I'll spend some time just kind of reading a couple verses and asking God to like help show me what, what are you trying to teach me, and I'll write a couple notes in the margins, and then this is my journal, and I'll spend some time just kind of processing what's going on in life, what he's been teaching me in his word, and, uh, and just kind of writing through that. And then one of the other things that I do is on my way into work or to a job site, I like to kind of keep the radio off, at least for that first trip, uh, and, and just try and ask God, like, God, speak to me. What, what is it that you have for me? So for me, uh, I usually spend, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. Honestly, it kind of depends on... Um, when the kids get up and start bothering me. So parents, I know you guys can relate to that. Laura, what about you? How, how, do, how long do you usually spend time? Like, what does that yeah, look like Yeah, usually about 15. And I forgot a huge portion of my daily time with God, which is reading the Bible. Oh, it's yeah, very it's important. important. Yeah, so I pray. I do that. But then um, I go through a devotional. So kind of change it up. And um, a devotional is just something where there's usually like a passage of scripture, just um, some Bible verses that you read, and then just someone's kind of uh, thoughts about the verses, um, and I and I read through that. But yeah, for me, it's usually somewhere around 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so I know we've all had seasons where we neglect that daily encounter. What, what kind of an impact does that have on your life? Yeah, well, it, ha- it has a really big impact because you've experienced it. Um, <laughs> no, never, never happens. Um, but what I notice is, is that even if it's like a day that I go um, without spending that time with Jesus... I become just the center of my whole world, and that happens way too easily for me. Um, I start just to think about myself. Um, God 
just way too easily like slips away as not the most important thing and not my priority. I become my priority, which then makes me more easily irritated with people. Sometimes words start coming out of my mouth that I'm not proud of. Um, and yeah, it's just like everything is about me and I lose sight of what's truly important. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know for myself, um, yes, even as one of your pastors, sometimes I go through seasons like that. Uh, uh, for, for me, the telltale sign that, that my daily encounters with, with God has slipped is when my wife confronts me with something and I refuse to admit I'm wrong. And then she confronts me about that. And I'm like, dang it. When I, well, I know when I am unable to admit when I'm wrong, it's almost always because I've neglected my time with God. All right, so Laura, last question. Um, if someone's sitting here, and I'm sure there's multiple people that are sitting here this morning like, man, like, I just started my relationship with God, and I, I mean, I'd love to say I, could, I would like to commit for a whole year, but I don't know if I'm there yet. What, where would you say that someone should start uh, this daily encounter? Yeah, I think you got to take it like one day at a time. I think you just have to make the commitment like in your heart right now. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to stop making excuses for myself. My relationship with God is my priority. End of story. Um, with that, a way that you can make it more of a priority is it can look like just setting your alarm 15, 20 minutes earlier in the morning. I know that's like the lamest response ever. No one wants <laughs> to get up earlier, um, but it helps. And Jesus models in scripture time after time getting away early in the morning with the Father. Um, and I think we would do really well to follow, to follow that example. But if we mess up, if we sleep in, if we hit snooze, like whatever it is, it's not over. Like, pick it up on your lunch break. Do it before you go to bed. God loves you. He just wants to be there and spend time with you. Um, then with that, what you guys can do is you guys can go through um, a Bible study on a free app. It's called YouVersion. And there's one on there that I really like and would recommend starting with. It's called What on Earth Am I Here For? It's by uh, Pastor Rick Warren. He's based in California. And like the name states, What on Earth Am I Here For? It walks you through what we're here for and like why God created us and um, just the plans that he has for us and how to get um, into that closer communion with him. You can go through it with people. So that's another uh, huge encouragement that I would give you guys is find someone who's minimally interested in spiritual things. But um, if you're a believer, maybe another believer, go through it together. And um, it has places where you can check off like, okay, yes, I read the Bible verse for the day. I read the devotion. And then you guys can actually chat back and forth about the study uh, right there in the app. So that's a great place to start. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Um, okay, so if you're like, man, I've been a Jesus follower for some time and I, I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to go. I, want, I really want 2020 and this next year and this next decade to be built on that solid foundation. Uh, what, what I would love for every single one of us to do, I want all of us to get out, get out your phones. Hopefully you guys all have a smartphone. If you don't, this is like a Walmart right down the street, you can go buy one. Um, and I want you guys to download this app called Read Scripture, the Read Scripture app. And this is something that as an entire church, we, we're gonna go through this together. Uh, so here, here's what it is. In the Read Scripture app, uh, it's gonna actually walk us through, you're gonna be able to read the entire Bible over the course of this next year. Uh, so it's gonna give you daily readings. It's also gonna give you some really well done videos to help explain some of the context of what we've been reading. Uh, and then either through social media or up here on the stage throughout the course of this next year, 
We're going to be dialoguing together about what we've been reading and what we've been engaging with in the Bible. So really encourage you guys, even right now, download the app called Read Scripture and commit to going through the Bible and reading every day for this next year. Uh, but if, if you're here this morning, you're like, man, I'm, I'm new to this whole church thing. Maybe this is my first time here. I don't know. I don't even know if I'd believe this whole thing yet. And if that's you, um, tell you what, we, we bought a whole mess of Bibles, uh, not just for you, but, but for you. Uh, I would encourage you, I'd implore you, pick up one of those Bibles totally free. You owe it to yourself to at least read one of the four Gospels, either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of the first four books of the New Testament. Read one of those. The account of Jesus and all that he's done to pursue you. Guys, this morning, we, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with what we've heard? What, what kind of a person do we want to be? Are we going to be the type of person that, that hears a message like this and ignores it? Seen the impact of that. Or are we going to be the type of person that hears this message and changes?